process. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Robert. I am the Recovery Guy. And of course, if this is Thursday, this must be the checkup. Thank you for joining me and welcome to 2020, a brand new month, a brand new year, a brand new decade, all in one fell swoop. Doesn't get any better than that, does it? It is good to be on this side of life. Uh, I'll tell you, I I tell my sister Mary teases me a lot because I, I love to tell people that I'm overpaid in every area of life and and when you consider those of us who are blessed enough to be on this recovery journey, we are overpaid, aren't we? You know, and, and I'm not saying that um, our life couldn't improve. I, I'm hoping, I'm expecting, uh, in some places, I'm requiring uh, my life to improve and accelerate and elevate. And I hope the same is for you. I know like uh, my friend Kristen at uh, KB Feed Your Soul, and if you don't check her out, Check her out. Kristen is really onto something powerful and amazing. And if you understood her backstory, um, you would even be more impressed with what she has decided to do from the inside out. So before I get too involved in the things, I do want to give a huge shout out to um, Slow Will. Uh, Slow Will is a happy, grateful, recovered alcoholic who just celebrated 40 years of sobriety and personal recovery. Um, 40 years, that's just uh, mind-boggling. And if you go to recovery uh, underscore guy on Instagram, you'll see my post celebrating that. Thank you for all who have liked it and and, uh, looked at what I wrote and then even made your comments of congratulation. 40 years, folks, that's a that's a long time of one day at a time, and I'm so blessed to have known Will uh, really from day one uh, of my personal recovery. Will was um, in Las Vegas and and um, part of the Turning Point, which was one of the Alano clubs in Las Vegas, and it unfortunately is no longer in existence, uh, but over 33 years ago when I entered into those rooms, it was guys like Will who intercepted my, my fear and helped me become a happy, joyous, and free sober member of recovery. So huge shout out to, to Will. Congratulations. Uh, again, another decade. Um, it really can be amazing when you consider it. So check it out. Like this Friday, January 3rd, I will be 66 years old, right? Uh, excited about that. I've never been 66 before. I'm looking forward to seeing what that's like. If it's anything like being 65, I'm all in. So here's the deal. I have lived in the decades of the 1950s because I was born in 54 and here I am in 2020. That is eight decades that I have been blessed to be a part of. You know, when, when you think about aging in those terms, being a part of eight decades, right? Because I'm at the front end of 2020 and I was right in the middle or thereabouts of, uh, of the 50s. So eight decades, I've been blessed to be a part of. I came into recovery in 1986, 
which means that I've been on this recovery journey spanning five decades, right? Um, the same for Laura and me. We are entering our fifth decade together. So what I like to do, if, if you haven't uh, noticed yet, uh, if you're new or relatively new to the podcast, uh, what I like to do is take everything that blesses me and try to understand it and really in the terms of how magnificent it is. And I, and I try to magnify it because, you know, there's so much out there that's trying to pull us down, just life in general, right? And negativity that is in this universe and we're fighting against it all the time to gain victory, to set it aside, to shut it out, to understand its ramifications in terms of the things that we may need to pay attention to because we don't want to ignore it, but we don't want it to have power over us, right? And so, uh, hey, in the meantime, speaking of having power over something, I hope you've had a chance to go and and uh, visit uh, Magnificent Healing Hands and see what Mona and, and her team are doing. I hope you've had a chance to check out uh, Jay um, Shetty on Purpose and uh, Sean Croxton on uh, uh, Quote of the Day. And of course, my brother Shane Raymer at um, Sober Guy Podcast. Uh, it will help you magnify what is good about what is going on. So what about you? You know, do do these types of things cause you to consider or reconsider and even recount how blessed you are, how blessed we really are. You know, 2020 is already starting out challenging uh, in terms of my personal responsibility. Um, My friend Simone the other day sent me a message and said, hey, um, are you aware of the book, uh, Russ, It's All in Your Head? And I'd never heard of it before, but it seems really interesting. I read a little synopsis of it. And so uh, Simone has challenged me to read it. And I will be covering that in a podcast in January. And then uh, John Barker, who's not only my friend and my brother, I've known John for 15 years now, and he's the website administrator extraordinaire. He suggests that I watch the movie Beautiful Boy and also create a podcast around that. So I'm going to be doing that as well, because I really do appreciate the suggestion. So thanks when you write in when you comment, when you DM me, um, when you send messages to my to my phone, I try to be easy to contact. So between my email, my uh, my cell phone, you can DM me, uh, reach out to me through my website, through my email address. Um, I try to be reactive because I really do appreciate the suggestions. To me, suggestions imply a personal connection. And for that, I'm very grateful because there was a time for you and me where we felt no personal connection, right? And now people are connecting to us in a positive way. So please continue to listen, participate in our recovery movement on all the major podcast channels, and of course, also recoveryguy.org. Now, as an example of listener and friend participation, today's topic comes from one of my most dear friends, such a dear friend to Laura and me, one of the sweetest, most kindest, caring people I've ever met uh, in and out of the rooms. And uh, uh, Catherine Nunley is remarkable. Uh, and I don't know of a person who knows her who who is thinking properly and without being selfish would not agree with that statement. 
because Catherine has given herself over as a caretaker for others. And I don't know if I could do what she has done in terms of caring for the terminally ill. Um, she is such a person of great compassion and, and such a tender, caring, forgiving heart. Um, she reminds me a lot of my mom, who never you know, has a bad thing to say about anyone. Um, I think Catherine would feel badly if she thought badly of, of someone so I was just chatting with, with, with Catherine, messaging back and forth, and, and, and she said, you know what, Robert, um, could you do something on uh, forgiveness and freedom and how they go hand in hand? And I thought, you know, what a great topic. Uh, um, I talked about uh, uh, freedom and healing earlier, I think it was in October, uh, how freedom and healing, uh, you know, are our twins and, and how they rely on each other. Um, but forgiveness and freedom and the connection there. Um, so let's jump into that and spend a few minutes taking a, taking a look, dissecting that, putting that back together, and even sharing some of um, Catherine's personal um, and collective thoughts uh, with you. So what does it mean for forgiveness? Again, you know, if you know me for a minute, you know, I'm a dictionary.com guy. I'd like to think I was this smart, but I'm only smart enough to know where to go find the smarter people, right? So forgiveness, it means to grant pardon for uh, or remission uh, of an offense. So to grant a pardon for an offense, a debt, something like that, or, 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 or remission, setting it aside, or to absolve, right? Uh, I like this one, to give up all claim on account of, to give up all claim, all claim on account of, or to remit a debt or an obligation. Years ago, I learned that in God's economy, because we rely on God to forgive us, right, in, in our recovery to, to forgive us of what we have done. You know, we can't erase a lot of the effects of what we have done. Some of those last longer than we like, and some of those effects never go away, sadly, uh, because it uh, sometimes the hurts or the actions are too deep, or sometimes the, the actions are irreversible, and, and just because of the law or a circumstance or, or a condition that can't be reversed. But in God's economy and God's forgiveness, God, when he forgives, he gives up the right to ever bring it up again. Uh, maybe there's an equivalent in your path of religion or spirituality. Uh, as a Christian, I refer, of course, to the Bible. Um, and it says that, uh, that God uh, separates my sin as far as the east is from the west, it means that it never connects because if you're going east, you're never going west, providing you continue in that direction. As long as you're going east, you're never going west. And as long as you're going west, you're never going east. That's different if you talk about north and south because I can go north only to where I hit the north pole 
and then I'm going south. And I go south until I hit the South Pole, and then I'm going north. So north and south actually do connect, but east and west never do. So God separates that as far as the east is from the west. He gives it up. He says he takes my misgivings and he buries them in the farthest part of the sea, which we don't even know with the geological mapping, uh, oceanic mapping, how deep the farthest part of the sea is. I don't think we know that. If we do, it's pretty doggone deep. It says he, he throws it to the deepest part of the sea where he remembers it no more to grant pardon, to give up that right, to cease to feel resentment against, to cancel an indebtedness or liability. Pretty heavy stuff. Forgiveness isn't me saying, I'm just going to set this aside. No, forgiveness says, I'm going to wipe the slate clean. And and shouldn't we do that? Shouldn't we do that to others, regardless of whether they want forgiveness or not? It's kind of like resentment, right? I might have a resentment against you, and you just go on with your life like it's no big deal. You're fine. You're happy. You're, You're living the dream. You're living the life. You don't even know sometimes that I have a resentment, but who does it harm? You know, resentment is anger turned inward and it only eats the person who is carrying it. Very rarely does resentment affect the person that it's directed or imposed upon. So then we have freedom. I love this definition. The state of being at liberty No more in confinement or physical restraint. Exception from external control, interference, or regulation. And that's external, right? That's what's going on outside of us. I can't allow the outside to control the inside. Because then the next one is the power to determine action without restraint. That's, that, that's me. That's my internal response. My, it's my internal position. I have personal power to determine action or maybe that action is not taking any action. I have the freedom to do and I have the freedom to not do. You know, my, my, my dear friend uh, years ago told me it's not what they say and it's not what they do. It's how I react. And again, now it talks about personal liberty, personal liberty, as opposed to bondage. So my freedom, it's the the state of being at liberty, rather in confinement, and that's what I get. I'm no longer in confinement, and I'll break it down a little bit more for you as we move forward. But that's what forgiveness can bring to me, because they do go hand in hand. There is no freedom if I'm not forgiving because I'm not giving up on something. I'm holding onto it. I'm grabbing onto the resentment, which means I am in bondage. And and I love Catherine's personal sharing with me. You know, Catherine, she recently gained uh, 
more freedom as a result of forgiveness. And I'm so proud of her. I, I watched her go through her struggles and share her concerns. She's very transparent. Um, and I really appreciate that with her. She's very transparent in her love and her care for each other. And she's also transparent when she's hurting and when she, she needs someone to come alongside her and, and help her become the person who sometimes we're just waiting. And it's always better to wait with someone who cares than to think that we're waiting alone. But Catherine, she recently gained the freedom from forgiving uh, from an event. This goes back to 2005. Going into this new decade, that's 15 years, 14 years ago, at minimum 14 years. Can you imagine holding on to those things? Now, I know that you and I, when, when we come into recovery, we don't even know what we're holding on to or not holding on to because we're in such great bondage because of our addiction. But we hold on to things in our recovery, in our pursuit of wellness and clarity. We hold on to things and, you know, quite frankly, sometimes I even justify it. Don't you? Well, if they did this to you, you would feel the same way. Or if that happened to you, you know, and I'm not minimizing that there aren't some terribly bad or wrong things happening to some otherwise wonderful people who have made a decision to turn their life around. But, you know, I remember what my mom said. You, you know about my mom. My mom, uh, she is in a, uh, a nursing home and uh, uh, she's aged and she doesn't know who I am anymore, but um, my mom would just say to me, my mom's my hero, uh, and my mom would say to me, she'd say, you know what, Bobby, sometimes people ask, why me, Lord? And, and she would say that, and then, uh, then she'd say, why not me? You know, who am I to be excluded from pain and suffering and events that happen to other people? But my mom had that sense of freedom and forgiveness. You know, you could ask anyone who would know my mom. She had such freedom because she had such forgiveness. And this is the type of person that Catherine is. And so I'm so proud of her to find this path and to find this freedom. And, and I don't even think, I haven't talked to her much more about it, but I would venture to say that Catherine didn't even know that she was lacking freedom because she, she probably thought she had forgiven. But I would imagine something was revealed to her in her life because Catherine's not the type of person who would knowingly or purposely hold a grudge or, or, or hold back forgiveness, uh, you know, out of resentment. She's just not wired that way. Um, I, on the other hand, have been guilty of that. And 
and I needed to be corrected and, and, and understand that, that, uh, who am I not to forgive? Like my mom would say, who am I not to experience this? But I love what Catherine says. She says, it took a long time, but I am free from it. I have forgiven all. And she even capitalized all. So freedom and forgiveness, that they go hand in hand, as it says in her, in her sentence. It took this long, but I am free from it. I have forgiven all. That's so exciting. Um, I'm going to see Catherine. She's going to be over at the house on Friday night. And, and I'm sure we'll share a little bit more about this uh, event. And, and, I, and I want to know more because I want to celebrate with her uh, victory. Catherine goes on to say that uh, some seek out substances or even a negative behavior that can become an addiction because they don't want to face past hurts and forgive. Because before I can forgive, I need to recognize something happened that hurt me. And sometimes I just don't want to do that. Sometimes the pain is too deep. Sometimes I'm, I'm just not ready to face it because maybe I have to admit that I participated in that event. But seek out substances or negative behavior. We do that. That's masking. And if we're not careful, that behavior or that substance can become something we are addicted to. I love the Father Martin quote. If you, if you haven't listened to Father Martin's chalk talk from the 70s, you got to do it. Go to my website, recoveryguide.org, and look under podcast and listen to Father Martin. It's a little bit more than an hour. You will thank me. So you're welcome. To this day, and I've heard some pretty dynamite speakers I've never heard anyone who more eloquently, medically, and practically explains alcoholism better than Father Martin. One of the things that Father Martin says, though, and I'll paraphrase, it's a natural human response to seek relief from that which is uncomfortable. And that's what Catherine's saying here. Some will seek out substances or even a negative behavior that can become an addiction because I don't want to face things. I don't want to feel that pain. So we seek relief from that, which is uncomfortable. And Father Martin, essentially, again, paraphrasing, says, you know, if we have a headache, we take an aspirin. If it's cold outside, we put on a jacket. If it's warm outside, we take off the jacket. If it's raining, you know, we have an umbrella, those kinds of things. And that's normal behavior to seek relief from that, which is uncomfortable. But but that behavior doesn't Just because it's normal behavior doesn't mean that whatever behavior we choose is healthy, right? One of the the things that Catherine points out here is, um, and I love this because she calls it, forgiveness is a weight loss of a different kind. That is really profound. Forgiveness is a weight loss of a different kind. It's that heavy burden. And I love then what Catherine talks about the four dimensions. 
She said it is, you know, sometimes a combination, but it's mental, it's emotional, it's spiritual, and it's even physical. It wears on us because it creates stress that affects us physically. That stress will even keep our thinking from being centered. Obviously, from an emotional standpoint, if I have no forgiveness and I have no freedom, that affects me emotionally. And usually, if I have no freedom, I don't have a freedom to worship. I can't go into meditation or worshipful prayer if I'm in spiritual bondage because I don't have the freedom. So in all those four dimensions, the emotional, the mental, the spiritual, and the physical, it affects me on those four levels. Catherine's final thought on this is, it is so freeing and empowering. It is freeing. Freedom from the bondage of self, as it says in AA. It is empowering. Who doesn't want to be empowered? I want to be empowered. I always thought I had power, and then I realized that the power that I thought I had, which wasn't real, was actually killing me. And then in step 11, I sought through prayer and meditation to improve my conscious contact with God as I understood God, praying only for the power of his will for me and the power the, the, the power of his will for me. And I want power to carry that out. I want that in my life. Don't you? Where are you at in your forgiveness of self and others? When I'm not feeling as free as, as I want or, or think I should be, then my personal forgiveness is a great place to start. Because if I don't forgive in a small area, then I justify that small area and it allows me into another small area to act in a particular way where I don't forgive. And it really doesn't matter what it is because forgiveness and, and holding on to something I should be releasing can be collecting, even though they seem like they're small, insignificant events, they give me an attitude of superiority that I'm not going to forgive you because maybe I think I'm better than you. Maybe, maybe I think you're not as good as me, right? Because it is converse. Uh, and so if I have that attitude, it will, it will give me a sense of arrogance, where I think I'm better. I don't need to forgive you because maybe I'm superior to you. There is no freedom there. Because until I believe that we are all created equal, I have no freedom. I would would like to think that I'm a favored child, and maybe I am. But I think in God's economy, we're all his favorite kids, right? God doesn't have any favorites. We're all his favorites. He wants the same for you as he does for me. He wants the same thing for me as he does for you. You as a parent, maybe you have kids, maybe you have nieces or nephews. Would you look at any of them and say, I want you to have more than the other? Oh my goodness. No, we wouldn't. Because we love our children equally and as profoundly wonderful as we do. So we want the same for them. 
And, and God wants that same freedom for us as well. So where, where are we at? Because forgiveness and freedom do go hand in hand. And if there's a stumbling block in your life and, and from the inside out, you're not feeling the freedom that you want to feel toward yourself, towards circumstances, towards others, maybe, maybe we need to look at, are we forgiving? Is there something like Catherine realized from 2005, there was something there that was left undone, some unfinished business. And she considered it weight loss of a different kind. I'm so glad that Catherine has found this burden to be gone. I'm so glad that I have participated in the same type of type of thing and I'll have to do it again because sometimes I'm I get in my own way and I become my my enemy. We have met the enemy and it is us, right? And until I can find that path to forgiveness, finding the freedom is not going to happen because they do go hand in hand, not hand from hand. So I hope you get it. I hope this helped. I hope your 2020 is rocking. Set your goals. Work your goals. Remember, Zig Ziglar will tell you that the most important part of a goal is that it is written. Then it is achievable, that it's measurable, and that you can achieve it um, incrementally. You have a goal and you re-engineer it, as Covey will talk about, re-engineer it uh, from, you know, it's that think first with the end in mind. We see where we want to end up and we break it down and then we attack it one day at a time, one step at a time. I hope you join this recovery movement. I'm excited about 2020 and I hope you are as well. Thank you for joining us today. Remember to listen, comment, share, and subscribe. I was trying to do everything.